Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. It is good to be back with you today. I hope you are well. I'm feeling good. You know, it's um, turning towards spring here in Utah, and that could mean a couple things. It could mean it is uh, clear sailing um, in order to get to summer, or it could mean what it usually means here in Utah, and one day it's 84 degrees, and two days later it's 59 degrees, and and uh, sometimes, you know, being raised in Southern California, for the most part, will really sort of lock into your head in terms of seasonal patterns, if there's any such thing as a season in Southern California. You know, you have two versions of summer, it seems like. So coming to Utah, you know, and even Memorial Day weekend, I remember... Laura and I would be waiting for the pool to open and so we could go lay out and have a great time. And, you know, the pool would be closed and it'd be, you know, May 26th, May 27th, and it'd be 68 degrees and the water's 57 degrees. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> something's wrong with this picture. So, so I get very energized. You know, Utah is fantastic. It's beautiful. The seasons fall and winter are spectacular. The mountains are outrageously enormous and snow-packed and spectacularly beautiful. But there's a part of SoCal that will always live in me. And and that's that part of that is wishing summer would get here quicker. So that's where I'm at right now. All things are well. I hope you're doing fantastic. I've had just a great run at life and things are very exciting. I just celebrated 35 years of personal recovery, uh, you know, in April and then in May. That's Laura and mine's uh, wedding anniversary, the 27th of May. This year we will have been married 32 years. And even though I met Laura two and a half years into my recovery, she has been a part of those 35 years for over 32 of them. And so that makes her such a significant contributor to the things that I have learned along the way. And I'm so grateful for the friendship and the marriage and everything that that, that brings. You know, one of the things I'm grateful for in recovery are just people I've met along the way. You know, uh, I've done podcasts and blogs, even one, you know, on Who's in Your Five, right? That old, uh, I think it was a T-Mobile commercial where, you know, you could text or call five people and wouldn't count against your buckets or what have you. So so those along the way are so near and dear to me. And, and I continue to add those along the way as we move forward. So today's podcast is called Coming to Terms, right? Coming to Terms. And it's not so much as step one or facing the addiction, but they're actually terms. And I want to discuss some terminology with you today. And two of the terms that I get come from some very significant women in my life. And, and one is uh, Wendy and the other one is Susie. 
and I've known each one of them about the same length of time, four years or so, so often that as it would have it, they both live in Florida, uh, although they've never met. Um, Wendy is over four years clean and sober now, and I would tell people when I first was introduced to Wendy, she couldn't rub two nickels together and get a dime. And she was relapsing, her brain's out, and now she is like this sober badass. Unbelievable power and strength and resiliency and commitment. Everything you would want in an example of recovery is emulated in Wendy. And I'm so proud of her. I, I always call her the other daughter I never had. And I just love this young lady and she is just a shining example. If you want to follow her on Instagram, she's at WhatUpWen, right? So at W-H-A-T-U-P-W-E-N. Tell her I sent you. She'll be mad for a moment, but she'll be fine. And the other person is Susie. You may know Susie. Um, Instagram, it's at Susie D for dentistry. So at Susie, S-U-Z-Y-D-M-D, on Instagram. Susie also writes a blog for us every month. Susie produces a blog content for us. And Susie is actually an Al-Anon and who has come through. I met, I met Susie as a result of her uh, reaching out to me to help her addict in her life. And although we weren't successful there, Susie has become a tremendous friend of Laura and me. And you probably heard me share her story. Matter of fact, uh, she will have been on Tuesday's podcast. I'm recording this a little early. So you're getting this on Friday. Um, and Susie, you will have heard her on Tuesday's podcast. And I think you'll really appreciate her wisdom. So from these two women, I get two terms and I want to discuss them with you. Uh, you know, there's terms that helped shape my recovery over the years. And the words are, and I was just recently reminded of them by both of these women, um, normal and transparent. Normal and transparent. Words that are interesting in their, in their construct and how they apply to us in recovery. First of all, let's, let's discuss normal. Right. As we look at it, um, normal, as I understand it, even early on in recovery back in the mid 80s, is is often put down as a word or a term in the program of recovery. And it is because oftentimes a connotation could be used because, say, a person wants to resume their drinking or behavior uh but to do so in a way that wouldn't be destructive for them, right? So they want to learn, you know, how to drink like a normal person. Well, or use or gamble or whatever the behavior or the substance is. Well, if we were able, able to engage in that behavior and to return to a, a state of normalcy, especially uh, in in behavior. Now, food is a different animal with respect to uh, abstinence. Obviously, you know, in, in Overeaters Anonymous, which I went to because of my bulimia and even my compulsive overeating years later, 
food is one of those things that you, you can't ignore. You have to eat, right? Whereas you don't have to drink, you don't have to use, you certainly don't have to gamble. So there's certain addictions, you know, you never have to smoke a cigarette again, right? Uh, thank God for that. So, so there's no returning to those things. You can attain and, and, you know, we suggest 100% abstinence. You know, here, here's the deal with, with substances and things like gambling and, and smoking and so on, and even pornography. One of the things is to be sober or in sobriety, you have to cease from those things. But just because you cease from those things doesn't mean you're in recovery. It just means you've, you've ceased a particular behavior. And unless we enter into recovery, we will think we've reached a state of normalcy and we can go back and try to do it again. Now, I will say that just because you're sober doesn't mean you're in recovery, but every person who is in recovery must be sober. Go figure that one out. So, so sometimes the word normal can be used as a way for me to set up myself to relapse down the line. Oh, I want to be normal. You know, and even in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the granddaddy of them all, it, it talks about, you know, learning how to drink like a gentleman, right? If you can do a complete about face and learn how to drink like a gentleman, then our hats are off to you. You know, um, it talks about Lord knows we've tried right more often than not. And that's where the first step really comes into play. So in that way, the word normal can be very dangerous, not only erroneous, but can be very, very dangerous in the life of a person. And yet the word normal should be something that we strive to be. And I would tell Wendy, you know, because she would go to these meetings and say, I want to be normal. I want to be normal. And Wendy wasn't saying she wanted to go back out and learn how to drink like a lady. She was just saying she doesn't want to be abnormal. She doesn't want to feel like she's a left shoe on a right foot, right? She doesn't want to feel like she's got to go through life sideways, being afraid of everything. She just wanted to be normal. Now, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, folks, it is amazing. I think it's on page 84, and it talks about recoiling when tempted. We will recoil as if from a hot flame. It says that we will react sanely, are you ready for this, and normally. So the word normal and normality, uh, normality, right, and normal fits directly into the recovery model, right? So on one hand, we need to be afraid or, or very suspect of the word normal, especially early on in recovery or if we're setting ourselves up later on down the road. At the same time, when used in its proper context, I like to think I'm normal. I'm very normal. In in the course of my life, I'm very normal and I'm very predictable. Ask Laura. She, she can see me coming from a mile away and so can my kids, right? They know what to expect of Pops. And Laura knows what to expect of me. My friends know what to expect of me. You, as a listening audience, I hope you know what to expect of me. I hope there's a state of, of familiarity, of normalcy that would encourage you 
to want to get to know me a little bit more, not be surprised here or there. You know where I'm coming from, right? What's really cool about the, the term normal, it just simply means conforming to a standard, conforming to a standard, and that's what we do in recovery. There's a standard of living, right? It's not Mr. Toad's Wild Ride anymore. It's not wondering whether we're going to show up at midnight or even two days later. We're, we have a standard way of living. It's usual. I love the word usual. It's not, are you ready? Not abnormal. Serving to establish a standard. Here's what's really cool with psychology. It says emotional adjustment. Isn't that crazy? We have become adjusted emotionally. We don't, we don't flow to the left or to the right based on the way the wind's blowing. Here's one that's even better. Free from any, from any mental disorder. Sane. Don't you love that? I mean, th this is like right out of the book of recovery. I love this stuff. Free from any mental disorder, we are sane. Remember when we would drink or use or engage in that negative behavior and people would look at us like we were crazy? Well, we were. We had to be restored to sanity. Sane people, people who don't suffer from a grave and mental disorder like we did when we were sideways, especially, we don't sit at the blackjack table knowing we've got the paycheck on the line and we would defend the reason we were there. That's, that's what we did as compulsive gamblers. We would be putting our last bit of money. We'd leave to go get milk. And next thing you know, we're writing bad checks. And, and we would defend our reason to be there. And we would usually say, well, you don't understand. I need to do this. I need to do that. Right? Or we show up late for a court date. Or three days later for our daughter's party. And we defend our position. That's why in the big book, it even says there are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. We recover from a, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And now we get into recovery and we apply some principles into our life. And this is with whatever recovery program you're in, it will demand it. It really doesn't matter whether it's a monotheistic religion, a 12-step group, the Buddhist network. It really doesn't matter. We will eventually operate sanely and normally. We will have an emotional adjustment about us. We will have a psychological trait as intelligence or personality isn't that crazy? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what we want to strive for? Isn't that our purpose? Because in the beginning, our purpose is just to get off the crazy roller coaster. In the beginning, our quest was just not to die. In the beginning, we just didn't want to lose the job, the spouse, the children, the family. We would do anything just to stop. But once we stop, we learn the only way to stay stopped is to apply some principles into our life 
that will allow us to use that as our medication, to use that as our release, to use that as our channel to feeling good about everything around us. Because if we, the opposite of not feeling good is feeling bad. The opposite of wellness is sickness. And if I'm not striving to become well, I'll fall back into the sickness, which will mean I'm in pain. And if I'm in pain, you know what I do, folks? I medicate. That's the mental obsession, right? So I need to work past that and through that. And one of the ways I do that is to gain a sense of normalcy in my life. Do not be afraid of the word normal. As long as you don't use that word normal as a means of being able to go back out. But if you are not working or someone's not encouraging you to resume or find a sense of normalcy, maybe they're not the right person for you. Because I want to be normal. I want to be unrecognizable. I only want you to know that I'm in recovery as an addict and as a person who's overcome so many things over the years. I only want you to know if I tell you where you know my story. Otherwise, I want to appear so normal that when you do hear my story, it blows you away. They'll say, there is no way. There, there's no way. You, you seem so normal, so adjusted. So if you only knew, right, what we have to go through to get to this point. But that's the whole point. We want to appear and be so normal. And one of the things I really love in this definition, and I'll go on to the word transparent, the word standard or the common type. Common. You know what common is? It's human. If you look at common and break it down from the, from the Latin, it means to be human. And before I'm anything, I'm a human being, not a human doing, as I've said in previous podcasts, but a human being. I am common. Isn't it wonderful either to get back to that or to realize that's what we are for the first time in our life? We are common. We are standard. We are usual. We're not abnormal. We're regular. We're natural. We establish a standard. We have a psychological trait that leads people to believe that we have intelligence in our personality and our emotional adjustment, and we are free from any mental disorder because we are sane. Isn't that wonderful? I hope that is the direction that you're going in. And if you're going there and you stumble along the way, that's fine. Let's pick ourselves up and let's move forward again. As long as it doesn't result in a relapse, we're going to be just fine, right? Again, my friend Pete the Greek said the only step he ever needs me to do to perfection is step one. Why do you think I do steps 10, 11, and 12 every day? They are my maintenance steps because what I really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And so what I do every day is I take my inventory. I find out where I need to get right, where I need to get balanced because it's not enough to get normal. It's enough to stay normal. And I stay in normal by by pursuing normality. And I do that with step 10, finding out what I'm about, making corrections along the way, seeking God as I understand him and praying for his knowledge 
And then, of course, the will to carry that out. And then, of course, in step 12, go help somebody else. You know, and you don't have to look very far. If you're looking, you'll find someone who needs what you have, regardless of what you think it is. Sometimes we need to look a little bit harder because we don't understand our value. But if we're looking, we can find them. And I hope you achieve a sense of normalcy along the way. Hey, the next word I want to discuss with you is transparent. And I've, I've loved this word along the way. But if you listened to Susie's podcast and chatting, and, and Laura and I just love to be Susie's friend. She's so energetic. She's a, a single mom of three teenagers. God bless her. And she's working in Al-Anon program like a ninja warrior. This lady, you, you got to meet Susie and even Wendy. You'll be so impressed with what they're doing in their recovered life. But the other day, Susie and I were chatting. And again, she writes a blog for us every month. You need to look for it. Usually the second Wednesday of every month. It just, it's Susie says, and great wisdom from her, from her Christian Al-Anon perspective. So God-centered. I really appreciate her. We were chatting and she said, you know, when I first found you so I could maybe help her addict, she said, I was looking for someone. She named some characteristics. And one of the things that she said she was looking for in people of recovery, had some time and so on, was transparency. And she said, Robert, one of the things I really like about you is that you are transparent. And you know, I I am, I try to be, because I know we're only as sick as our secrets. And I know the more I identify in sharing my experience, strength of hope, especially with the newcomer, the sooner you can relate to me and see where I'm at and see and feel the emotion and the energy and the excitement and the passion and the believability of my message. You know, maybe, maybe you'll want it, right? It says, if newcomers could see no joy, transparent, That's they can see, right? If newcomers could see no joy in our existence, they wouldn't want it. So I want to be transparent. You know, the other day, if you didn't listen to Corey uh, last Friday, a uh, conversation with Corey from 217 Recovery. Uh, Corey's a, a wonderful cat, and, and we were chatting and, and just talking about how we want others to see us how we really are. We want them to see what they could be through what they see in us. And, and, and along that same line, transparency is so important because we want others to see us. And transparent simply means to be seen in a way that others can see what we are about. Very simple. So that others can see what we are about. We want them to see what we've done along the way. We want them to see where we came from. We want them to see what we're doing. And we want them to see where we're at. It also means we are no longer hiding from ourselves or others. I want to be seen for a couple of reasons. Number one, as I previously mentioned, I want newcomers to see me as real as emotional. Sometimes it's, it's a very two-edged sword when you're working with others. Um, I was, I was telling uh, my friend Corey again the other day, you know, with, with his time, two and a half years in recovery, sometimes Corey can appear more believable and more real than me because of his length of time where you look at my 35 years and some people, you know, can say, you know what, Rob, 
you know, you're either exaggerating or you're lying, but 35 years, come on, man. You've been clean and sober longer than I've been alive. But if I can be transparent to them and I can let them relate to me by my openness and finding something in my life that they could hang on to to see as real, then maybe I can help them. Because we no longer want to hide from ourselves or others, certainly not from ourselves. Because if I'm not transparent with me, how successful do you think I'm going to be in a step 10? I'm going to leave something out, either by omission or commission. So I need to be transparent to me. And when I'm transparent to me, again, recovery from the inside out, not the outside in. Every, my recovery starts and stops with me. You are the beneficiary. Laura's the beneficiary. My kids are the beneficiary, but it is inside out. Then once I am transparent with me, then, then I can be transparent to you. And that in lies my value to others. Now, one of the things that's really important, especially for men with egos, and maybe even women who have been hurt and, and damaged along the way, uh, women, you know, men have a tendency to be hostage takers and women have a tendency to be hostages. And I know that sounds sexist and, and, and simplistic. It's just the way it is, right? I, I didn't invent it. I didn't do it. And it doesn't mean that some men aren't hostages and it doesn't mean that some women aren't hostage takers, but I'm speaking to the mean, to the average here. And so sometimes women don't want to be transparent because it'll, it'll make them seem vulnerable, right? Where, where, where men can, can take advantage of them. Cause for the most part, men have a tendency to be predators, especially when it comes to women. And, and men have a tendency to want to look like this big macho guy. So, so women, you know, men, men try not to be transparent, to be, you know, protected from a strengthened way. And women just don't want to be hurt, right? So we have this feeling that being transparent implies weakness or vulnerability, right? But it really doesn't. Transparent is having the, the property, are you ready, for transmitting rays of light through its substance so that bodies situated beyond can be distinctively seen. So in other words, people can see us who we really are. And it is admitting or allowing the passage of light through us which is really cool. We have to be transparent to God as we understood him in order for that power, that sunlight to permeate us. Could you imagine not having porous skin? Would you ever feel the sun radiate you? No, it would just stop at your skin, almost like it would plywood and reflect off or another hard surface that, that, that it can't penetrate. Cement reflects. It doesn't absorb sun. We do, and it radiates us. And if you don't believe me, go sit in your vehicle after, after it's been sitting in the sun for a couple hours. What's really cool about being transparent, and here's where I really want to help you understand not only the necessity of being transparent so others can see us, so we can help them, and they can help us, right? I'm very transparent. Now, it depends upon who you are in my life, how transparent, how close, the closer you are to the circle, right, the more transparent I become because I trust you. 
I believe that you're going, nowadays, you know, I'm pretty much bulletproof in terms of you, you really can't do much to harm me. I, I've been through everything in 35 years of personal recovery, not to say that I invite negativity or difficult situations in my life, but there's not a lot through loss of loved ones, mom and dad and sisters and family members and, and, and alike, you know, watching people suffer through cancer and other types of things and, and debilitating illnesses myself, right? Um, so I'm not bulletproof in those ways because you got to feel, you got to go through life. But what's really cool about being transparent and do not be afraid because being transparent doesn't imply weakness. Because we are to be so sheer, like a sheer curtain, see-through, we are permitting light to pass. It only, just because we're sheer doesn't mean we can be penetrated, just means we can be seen. Because we still have the power to permit or not permit what we don't want to get to us, right? The greatest example of that, are you ready for this? Bulletproof glass. Think about it. Bulletproof glass. Is it clear? Yes. Does it look like real glass? Yes. Can you see through it? Yes. Can you see one side to the other? Yes. But what is it about bulletproof glass? Bulletproof glass, and depending upon the gauge and the temper of the glass, I'm not a glass maker, so I'm just playing through some of this. It based on the thickness and the temperedness of it, determines what round of ammo it can stop, right? Some bulletproof glass, shatterproof in your home, you know, somebody falls against it, the likelihood it's not going to break, but if you put a 22 slug through it, it will, right? Certainly a, a, a 45, uh, a, a nine millimeter will go right through it. However, there's actually glass that you can see through, but is transparent only to the degree of seeing it, but it doesn't apply weakness because it can stop a round. It can stop a high velocity bullet from penetrating the glass. So just because we can be seen doesn't mean we are weak or vulnerable. It only means that we can be seen. And then once we are seen, then we can determine who can penetrate us and when. It's kind of like a force field, right? You can see through a force field, you just can't penetrate it, right? For all you Star Wars fans out there. So so we want to, or Star Trek as well. So we want to be transparent, but it doesn't mean that we don't have a force field. It doesn't mean that we aren't surrounded by bulletproof glass. It just means that we can see and we can be seen. It's not giving up power along the way because we gain power along the way. We act sanely and normally and we have power. So we are normal and we are transparent and we learn to live this recovered life in a way that blows our mind every day. I can tell you, I am having more fun and more freedom in my personal recovery than I could have ever imagined. This life that I live of normalcy and transparency affects me to no end because I know how it, how it affects others. And that's the whole reason we do this, right? The whole reason we continue to do it. 
We have to have a purpose. We have to have a goal. And making a difference in the life of other people is the most admirable goal we could ever achieve in our life. We spend our addictive life harming and taking away and detracting from the lives of loved ones and every other person. You know, relationships were part of our process. We only entered into relationships so we could extract what we wanted to extract. And if you don't think that's true for you, then you maybe need to go take your own inventory. Find out how you're treating others. And if others aren't getting more out of the relationship than you are, then you're doing something wrong along the way. Because we should do things for others and with others, regardless of what they do for us. That is unconditional positive regard. Right. So nowadays I'm transparent. I live a normal life and I hope you have found this to be true for you. Hey, we've reached the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of recoveryguy.org. Go to recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Follow me. Let other people know what we are doing in this recovery mission. I want you to go to at recoveryguy1986 on Twitter. The Recovery Guy on Facebook. Go to your favorite podcast channel and and download Recovery Guy Podcast. You can get my blogs from so many different sources, specifically on recoveryguy.org. Go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy to donate three, six, or ten dollars a month. Make a difference. Let us help others by you helping us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, we got sick apart but we get well together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.